This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from falcontwin.com. I'm Brendan, the pod pinhead, and this is commentary for pages 305 to 317. Before I start, two quick things. First of all, I didn't mention this in the wonderful world of podcast show that I did a little while back, but one of the podcasts that I've recently started listening to is called the Global Geek Podcast, which you can find at globalgeekpodcast.com which is being run by Dave, who did the wannabe geek segments that I was talking about on the podcast show, and uh, Sebastian, who is formerly running the From the Director's Chair podcast. It's basically a weekly summary of tech news and commentary on it, and it's a lot of fun, and I recommend you listen to it. I've really gotten into it, and I've talked to them recently, and they're pretty cool guys, so definitely go check that out. The other thing, and this was actually kind of inspired by checking out their podcast, is that I've added an audio button to the podcast page. It's right there next to Sydney's lovely eyes that says, send me an audio. You click on that, and it's going to take you to a page where you can enter your name, your comment to me, and then also there's a little flash box where you can record an audio comment, and if it's any good, then I'll play it on the show, because, you know, hey, getting audio comments is great. So if you have something you want to say, and you're too lazy to write an email, but you happen to have a microphone, then just go right there and you can record it. You don't need special software or anything. It's easy as pie. Also, I have a couple of questions submitted by a reader, which I will talk about at the end of the show. Page 305, Miss Greenspan, I presume, a joke which hopefully will be not lost on too many people, although unfortunately more people than probably that should be. The main point of this page is to illustrate that Tresca is a little bit smarter than people probably would have assumed that she is. She's actually extremely competent when it comes to issues of money, which you know you might expect from her being a thief and all. But a lot of people in her position might just be easy come, easy go. But in her case, she actually knows a whole lot about money, which you know doesn't really get gone into too much detail in the strip because it's not really relevant to the story. But it is a character thing for her that I did want to bring out at some point. And so this is where it happens. And Mika is listening to her happily with wet hair. The wet hair mostly worked kind of on again, off again. Some of it was good, and some of it wasn't very good at all. I think the first two times you see Mika with her wet hair on this page, and uh, again on, I think, just about the last page, maybe the last panel in this scene, are the only times that it worked. Most of the rest of the times, just kind of weird. If you listen to Mika's inner monologue and then also the dialogue, you can see that she's kind of keeps coming back to these things that are depressing her and keeps trying to push him away. Later on, she's not going to be able to do that. But here she mentions Yumiko and then kind of cuts it off and starts talking again about something else. And then she mentions leaving home and then starts talking about her family with Tresca. Also, Mika mentions Tresca's bath, which I haven't really covered in the, in the strip, but it's basically a natural hot spring, kind of like an onsen or something in Japan. So then Mika explains a little bit about her family, which really I'd never had a chance to talk about before, so this is the opportunity. And I had to have Tresca say, computer? As if she doesn't know what it is, you know, because she doesn't. But it seems a little bit heavy-handed. And Mika also explains her brother, Kazu, who also didn't really get discussed up until this point. It was something that I wanted to illustrate, is that she had a fairly close relationship with her brother. It was one of the few close relationships that she had. One of the only ones, actually, besides Yumiko. She looked up to her sister, but they weren't particularly close, whereas Mika hung out with her brother and his friends a lot, even though she was several years younger than them and didn't really fit into the group on an equal level, they you know, they still kind of tolerated having her around because she didn't get in the way. And also, I think she mentions, yeah, on the next page, page 306, 
that she used to hang out with her brother and sometimes sing in their songs. That was one of the character traits of Mika that is there but doesn't really get explored in the comic strip because it's nonsensical to do so, was the fact that Mika, one of her little hobby things that she did was sing. But again, how are you going to really discuss that too much in a comic? So she just touches on it briefly here and then move on. And this is, on this page, the same thing that I was talking about before where Mika comes back to this thing that depresses her now when she brings up her sister and mentions that she died. Tresca senses that there's this uncomfortable pause, and so she quickly tries to change the subject. Page 307, and, oh god, a terrible title on this page. Anyway, so they discuss a little bit. You can see that Mika's not smiling in the first panel when she's discussing. She's more serious now, even though she's happy to have something else to talk about besides the death of her sister. She's still not cheerful the way that she was when she was talking to Tresca a minute ago. And so they continue their conversation with this little monologue going on. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but they're just talking about something that they're both enjoying. And this is the same thing. It's the last page and the page before where Mika always keeps coming back to this depressing thing where she thinks about Tresca. And I think I mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts that every time she sort of thinks about Tresca, her thoughts keep coming back to, well, it's not going to work out for me. And that's what happens in panel four on this page where she says, eventually Tresca will get sick of me and leave me and I'll be alone again forever. And, you know, ends with this fairly down ending on the scene which I could swear I've mentioned this before, that this is kind of the way that Mika's thought process always goes. Anytime there's something that could potentially be positive for her, she always ends up looking at the negative side of it. And a little bit of foreshadowing here with her last concluding thought on page 307 here. And this is the other time that I think the wet hair kind of looked okay was the very last panel. Page 308, in a lone bed. This is supposed to be sort of a play on words that sounds very similar to alone in bed but I don't know if anyone understood that. This is actually the first panel in this page is one of my favorites in the entire strip, believe it or not, just because I think that the depth of the values and the color really look nice. Tresca actually looks a little bit flat by comparison, but I really like the way that it really does look like a dimly lit room in that, although I forgot to paint in the boards in the background. Oops. Anyways, it, but it does look like a, a dimly lit room, and... It was one of the few times that I think the lighting actually looked really good. And you can even see, if you look at the highlight on the vase behind Mika's head, that it's pointing in the direction of the fire where the only light source in the room is coming from at this point. Anyway, so this is mainly just a transition scene where, you know, we're just moving on to the next scene. And the last panel is a similar effect to the last few pages where Mika starts out happy, but then when she has a moment alone to herself, she starts to get depressed. Page 309. This is a dumb title. But, you know, hey, the opportunity to tie Einstein into a fantasy comic, how many people can do that, I ask you? And so Mika's kind of mad again about having to wake up early. Interesting looking shot from the overhead on the first panel of this page. And it actually kind of looks okay. And, and the integration between the characters in the background isn't so bad as some of the other ones are. And so Mika is complaining. And she does this a lot. And there are other times when she's sort of complained about what her expectations are versus what Tresca's expectations are. And Tresca's got completely different ideas of how much effort you should put into something than Mika does. And so here they are coming up to a house, which isn't really explained. Tresca says, hey guys, I'm back. A little bit of a change in the lighting on the final panel. If you look closely, the color gets a little bit warmer because it's supposed to be from inside. It isn't until the next page that the colors really get warm to become the inside colors. And people didn't really know for a while who this was going to be that Tresca was coming into the house with. But as a few people did figure out that it was going to be the family, which you can sort of understand why. And so here we get to meet the Nerees on page 310. 
And so we hear someone calling from upstairs. Tresca says hi, says hello to her mom, who obviously bears some resemblance to her. Mika thinks to herself that it's in Tresca's genes, which is a reference to Tresca's mother being quite attractive for her age. She's probably pushing 40 or so. I think I have the age specifically written down somewhere, but I forget off the top of my head because it's not that important. Anyways, she's, you know, she's not quote-unquote young anymore, but she's still attractive, although you know, she doesn't really look old either in this page. But I guess I'm just not able to do old. So Tresca says hello to Ketra. And originally Ketra was a name that was going to be a separate character. I didn't really have a character plan for it, but it was a name that I had, and I said, well, I'll use that. But then I realized that Tresca and Ketra sounded way too close to be two entirely unrelated characters, so I decided to make Ketra part of Tresca's family, and I then decided to make it her sister. She comes down dressed in this sort of wacky outfit that people thought was some sort of weird Lolita thing, which it wasn't supposed to be. It's just the idea that mages in fantasy games and comics always tend to be dressed up in weird outfits. Annika's kind of dressed like that. And so, in this case, she's got this sort of weird tights thing with these loose sleeves and a thing on her back. People were asking what that is, whether it was a shield or what. I have no idea what it is. It's just there to look interesting. Page 311. And so Tresca introduces Mika, and Mika has to sort of cover up for herself and in, in where she came from, which actually she does quite well when she says, kind of someplace far away, talking down to Ketra a little bit, but otherwise pulling it off fairly well. Now, the whole thing with Ketra and the fireball, originally the plan was to have a joke here where all of the characters were going to be there being introduced to Tresca's family. Evan and Annika were also supposed to be there too, or at the very least, Annika. And Ketra was going to say, hey, you want to see a fireball? And they were going to say, okay. And so Ketra was going to turn and face the other direction and prepare to cast it. And Annika was going to all of a sudden panic and jump off to the side. And then Ketra was going to fire her fireball, except that she was going to do it wrong and set both Mika and Tresca on fire. And not in like a serious, oh my god, they're burning to death kind of way, but just in a sort of Looney Tunes, hey, look, they got burned up kind of way. But then I realized, well, there's not really any reason that Tresca is going to be dragging Annika to her family's house to talk to them, and so that joke ended up not being really practical to do. After Tresca and Mika had sort of been burnt up, then Annika was going to go to Ketra and say, so exactly what grade did you get in targeting? And Ketra was going to say something, well, I didn't pass that one. So, ha ha ha, unfortunately you're never going to get to see that joke, because it didn't make a lot of sense. And actually, I do have a full body sketch of Ketra, so I have her entire outfit planned out. That's when she's coming down the stairs in the previous page. It goes clomp, 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 whomp. That's her jumping down the stairs. She's wearing sandals, which obviously you can't see because you don't see her feet. That was part of her outfit. And then she had big baggy pants things that kind of looked similar to her sleeves that she's wearing. Page 312. And so now we get to see Tresca's dad, who also bears a bit of a resemblance. Looks a little bit older. He probably looks about right in terms of the age. Tresca's mother obviously looks a little bit younger than, than she should, and it's not that there's a huge age difference between Tresca's mother and her father, but it's just that it's a little easier to put age lines on a guy than on a, a girl, I guess. And so Tresca's father meets Mika and doesn't really react to her strongly one way or the other. He's a little bit cold to her, which is a setup for something else later on. And so they haven't seen Tresca in a while, so he takes her into the living room. And I don't, like I said in the last podcast, I don't know exactly how long it's been. Long enough that they haven't seen her in a while, and they're happy to see her back, because, you know, they worry. Page 313, blood is thicker than helium. They've been talking for a little while, and Tresca's dad and her mother, too, have warmed up a little bit to Mika. And so here we get to basically recap the story for anyone who wasn't paying attention. 
And this was just a joke that I had in mind for a long time where Mika admits that Tresca hadn't really mentioned her family until the morning, and so Tresca's father takes a very cheap shot at his own daughter, which you think, gosh, he's kind of a prick, but there's a little bit of that sort of ribbing between them. And I'm going to get a little bit more into that later on on the relationship between Tresca and her family. Page 314. So Mika all of a sudden gets really serious after uh, Tresca's dad takes a cheap shot at her. Mika doesn't really take it as a joke, even though it wasn't intended to be like a slam on his daughter. But Mika reacts very seriously to it, which is why Tresca walks in with her very fine ass showing and tells Mika to relax and that it wasn't such a big serious thing that she actually made it out to be. A little bit of exposition on Mika and her relationship with Sydney here in the last one. Mika is Mika is ascribing to herself all these terrible things that she hates about Sydney, and, and when she sees them reflected in herself, she doesn't like it a lot. So at the very end, when she says she's a terrible person, she's really talking as much about herself as she was talking about Sydney. Page 315. Your thoughts betray you. I don't know what that's from. Is that from Star Wars or something? I don't know. I needed a little bit of violence. I hadn't done it in a while, and I just wanted to cut away because the whole conversation of them all just sitting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in the living room talking was getting a little bit stale, so I wanted to just break out and do something just completely unexpected for no particular reason. This is something that Mika is thinking, this image of Tresca's mother being killed. It's not like foreshadowing for the future. It's not that Mika is precognizant or something like that. She's not able to predict the future, but that's just sort of her immediate mental reaction to what would happen if Sydney came in and, and started going around and causing trouble in the town. And so then in, in this page, this is what I was talking about, Tresca with her relationship with her parents. Tresca's mother calls Tresca being a thief her hobby, and Tresca sort of gets mad and says it's a career. So Tresca's taking her job more seriously than her parents. Their parents think that it's a phase that she's going to grow out of, and you know, it probably is. She's probably not going to be a thief forever, because who is? But Tresca is, for, for the moment anyway, committed to it. I have to say, I don't like the chairs behind Tresca's parents. They don't look so good. The couch looks all right that Tresca and Mika are on, but I really should have drawn in the chairs when I was doing the pencil and the inks because it would have been a little bit more consistent. As it stands, they always change shape a little bit. Page 316. And so here's where Mika has to sort of... She's warmed up a little bit to her to Tresca's parents, and they've warmed up to her, but now Mika has to explain that she's from another world which doesn't go over so well you can see her father is more than a little bit suspicious about that and takes it with a little bit more aplomb than probably most people would i know if someone else came to me and said i'm not from earth i would have been a little bit more suspicious than he was but you know again it's like you have to move on there's no reason to make a big fuss about it and so mika you know again and this for the fourth or fifth time this podcast turns this conversation back again to being depressed what was me kind of stuff which I'm probably hammering a little bit hard right here in this particular few scenes, but, you know, it's leading up to something. And here's the Holiday 2005 image. This was interesting to do, and it certainly was a lot faster to do than most of the other pages in Falcon Twin. And it was an interesting style to try to experiment. I got the idea for doing this from a couple of images that I had downloaded from some message board of Lineage 2. Some guy had done some character art on Lineage 2. Not an actual employee, but he had just done some fan art. And he had this really interesting style where the lines were really scratchy. I didn't do that, but I did end up trying to emulate his shading style, which I didn't really pull off at all. But it was a really interesting style that he had, and I liked it a lot. And so I tried to emulate that a little bit. 
And it actually ended up looking okay. This is Tresca's house that they're in. Don't ask how Mika got batteries and a battery-powered device in Terralith Regeer. And, I don't know, in a way I kind of wish that I could use this shading style for the entire strip because it was indeed a whole lot faster. And, and it actually, in a way, it's more colorful and more vibrant than all of the other pages. But, you know, again, changing styles seems to be something that never works out for me. Even if it was something that looked good, people would probably complain about it, so... Away that goes. Finally, for this podcast, page 317, now they've finished their conversation. I imagine that Mika is saying that she's alone probably left a little bit of an uncomfortable pause. And, I don't know, it's probably they've gone on and talked about other stuff. But her parents, Tresca's parents, aren't too impressed with Mika at this point. And so off they go, Tresca hugging her father. I particularly like Mika in the background in panel 3, where you can kind of see just off to the right, you can see her out of focus there. It looks really nice even though Tresca's father is trying to keep his voice down, as evidenced by the minus one point font size, Mika is able to hear it still and is a little bit upset about it. So anyway, and Tresca wasn't too thrilled about it either, but she doesn't react immediately. So off they go. That's it for this commentary, and I'm going to get to the questions. These were emailed in by Corin, Coran, hope I'm pronouncing that right, also known as Rathan on the forums, or Rathan. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right either. First question, is there any chance of a little more exposition or explanation of the whole she's dead slash totally inert because the Nerobal didn't react to her idea? And is that in any way related to Mika's newfound ability to shoot funky anti-Sydney beams from her hands? It's unlikely that there will be a whole lot of exposition on that. It's something that becomes important later on after the prologue, but at this point I'm pretty much set on stopping at the prologue. So, that being the case, I'm not going to get to do the exposition on that. It is something that's important, but I'm not going to get to talk about it. That being said, in the event that I do continue, I'm not going to explain it right now either, because I don't want to take the chance that I do decide I want to do the other half of the story, and then have it all spoiled. Question 2. Are Sydney's followers dumber than your average lot of guys, or do they just have the misfortune to suffer from the typical, hey, she just killed hundreds of rank-and-file grunts just like us single-handedly, maybe now she'll be tired enough that more rank-and-file grunts can kill her. Grunt mentality. And the answer is that these guys are just fairly dumb. If I were to go into more detail on Sydney, which is something else that would happen after the prologue, you would see that Sydney is constantly frustrated by the ineptitude of all the people around her that are working for her. Alan is competent, but most of the other guys are pretty stupid. The group that Sydney has with her is a little more competent than most, but that's not really saying much. The Durad on the whole are pretty dumb. And that's something that, of course, for a person like Sydney, who is a perfectionist and who demands maximum performance from herself and from everyone around her, it, it would be a constant source of irritation to her that the other people around her are not living up to her standards, which are, of course, exceedingly high. So even if they weren't kind of stupid, it would still be next to impossible for them to live up to those standards. So that's it. Thank you for those questions. Some of the music provided tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. So there.